Shalom from Jerusalem and welcome to this edition of Exploits TV. Today we are going to have a prognostication of the weather and of future prophetic events here in Israel with Pastor David Decker. You're not going to miss this one. Shalom from Jerusalem. I'm Christine Darig. In this exciting edition of Exploits Magazine, again we have as our special guest, Pastor David Decker, who is a meteorologist, a weatherman here in Israel. Gosh, David, you started out with Middle East television with my husband and myself doing the news about two decades ago. Well, I had my big break with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> now you're gone on to bigger and greater things with Israel TV, giving the weather all over the world. Tell us what happened recently when the locusts were about ready to invade Israel and you prayed and what happened? Well, you know, uh, the, you know, uh, many have heard that in the, in the month of November, all these locusts by the millions started marching across uh, Africa. I right, saw them on the news. It's unbelievable, right toward Israel. And uh, they actually, many of them did arrive. Swarms of them devastated parts of a lot in the southern part of the country. Some of the kibbutzim in that area were, were, were damaged. But um, there was a lot of uh, concern in the country as these uh, locusts were approaching. And a cry went up all over the world of people that love God to pray against that. And uh, of course, I issued my own little prayer cry, and many were praying. And God was so gracious, He intervened with the weather and uh, through timely spraying of the Israel Agricultural uh, Department. And uh, the weather cooperated, the, the winds that had been warm. We had an unseasonably warm autumn that um, October and the first half of November were way above normal. And um, that's what brought the locusts. And the winds were just coming out of Africa way too much for this time of the year. In the middle of November, the whole pattern changed. And the second half of November, just when the locusts were arriving, the wind pattern changed remarkably. Storms started to come. The, 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 the flow came from the north. And the cold uh, temperatures and the rain and the, the spraying of the Israel Agricultural Department all at the same time, it, it seemed to deal with the problem for the most part. It was a real answer to prayer. And through all of that, as a, as a local weather expert here, for many years, that's how I came to Israel as a weatherman, uh, not as a pastor. Although I am, I was a pastor in the United States. I'm also a weatherman, and uh, it was my weather uh, ability that got me into Israel uh, and allowed me to have favor here all these years. And you know, um, I was invited on the Israel TV on Channel One, um, not as a pastor to talk about Jesus Christ, but to talk about the weather. And so, of course, we dealt with the whole issue of the locusts and uh, how the wind had dramatically changed and. Our hopes and prayers had come true, and this, uh, this threatening biblical plague was being uh, averted just at, the right, just at the right time. Hallelujah. Well, Jesus said to the people in this land of his day, he said, how is it that you can discern the patterns in the sky and you know what's going on in the weather, <laughs> yeah. but you cannot read the signs of the times? Yes. And these locusts are just a little sign of the coming end time plagues that we're already beginning to see manifest in this earth. You know, there was an old song, you don't have to be a weatherman to know which way the wind's blowing. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to know we're living in end days right now. Exciting prophetic times. Even Everyone, unbelievers know it. They know it. They know it. This locust plague, 
got the attention of Israel. You know, we also had hail in Israel a few weeks ago, even before the locusts came, that in parts of the country were measured the size of tennis balls. And last fall, we had hail the size of grapefruit in Israel. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, Christine, as you know, that in the, in the, in the very end times, before Jesus returns, there's going to be hail in Israel the size of basketballs. That's what the Bible indicates. There, there's a movie out right now, The Day After Tomorrow, something yeah. like that. Have you seen that? I it's did, all about I did. this end great, time weather great special, phenomenon. Great special effects. Well, there it was affecting, I think, Los Angeles and those places. And, uh, you know, they, they, maybe they're on to something. But, you know, one thing we need to remember as Christians is the Bible said when you see all of these things happening, look, look up. up. Because Why? our redemption is getting close. So really, there's a lot of good news in all of these things. It's not a, a news of, uh, of gloom and doom and woe unto all of you. All of these things are indications. God's trying to get our attention. God's shaking things up a little bit. Sometimes we need that shaking. So we'll be awake and alert and ready for the coming of the Lord. Now, Jesus also said something about lightning. What did he say about lightning? As the lightning shines He says, that, he says that his return will be as lightning flashes from the east to the west. In other words, it's going to, be, it's, it's going to happen suddenly. When, when Jesus finally returns in glory, it's going to be very quick and it's going to get a, catch a lot of the world by surprise. But it shouldn't catch believers by surprise. But Jesus is coming as a thief in the night for the unsaved, Christine. He's not coming as a thief in the night for you and I who know him and love him. Jesus said, you know the signs of the, of, of the weather. Can't you even discern the signs of your own generation? And as Christians, we're going to hopefully be wide awake seeing the signs, and we will be ready and, and knowledgeable before the Lord comes. He will come, though, as a thief in the night for the unbelievers. And so we've got to be ready. But, you know, Pastor David, the Bible also says that uh, there's going to be another sign of the imminent return of the Lord. And that will be what many people who, are, who don't go to church might not understand this term, the latter rain. Now, you've lived in the Holy Land for years. And you know there are former rains yes. that happen before a harvest. And then there are end time latter rains that happen yes. towards the autumn. And do you think that we're having um, the latter rain right now, meaning the last day moves of the Holy Spirit, if you can take that analogy yes, of the Holy yes, Spirit yes. being like rain. Definitely. I think that we're, what we're starting to see now, what we've seen in Israel since May 14th, 1948, we've been seeing some uh, sprinkles of blessing here. But you know, the real outpourings, the real downpours of, of blessing from God have not yet begun, and they are going to happen. And, you know, again, it doesn't take a weatherman. Any, anyone who loves the Bible can predict or expect or anticipate that there's going to be a glorious outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God here in Jerusalem before the coming of the Lord. You know, uh, in the olden days, the Shekinah glory of God was visible in Israel, in the temple, over the ark, even in the, uh, the tabernacle, also in the first temple, and like, even in like the second temple. Like a cloud, temple. like this what we would call a glory cloud. Exactly, the Shekinah, and in Hebrew it's Shekinah, it's actually interesting because in, in, uh, we, would, we would call that today as Christians the Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKodesh, but in Hebrew that Shekinah, it's even a feminine word. So it's interesting that that seems to be an aspect of God that in a sense is more feminine, His Holy Spirit. Of course, we know that uh, we're made man and female, we're made in God's image. So God must have uh, female attributes and male attributes in one. He's the living God. Isn't That's that exciting? That's so interesting because one of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit is the power 
paraclete, yes. one who comes alongside of us to comfort us. Exactly. And this is often a feminine yeah. characteristic yeah. of the nurturer, the comforter. Amen. And, and the, the Shekinah, again, it's a female term. Even the rabbis will tell you that. And it's a manifestation of God. And it was, as you said, a glory cloud. It was visible. And I believe, Christine, before the coming of Jesus, we're going to see the glory cloud of God again over Jerusalem, literally. When people talk about, oh, the, re the, the restoration of the tabernacle of David, and sometimes it gets into all, you know, like, Super the spiritual. Twilight Zone, maybe? or Something like that. It's super spiritual, and I believe that will happen. It is going to be very spiritual, but it's also going to be very rubber meets the road. There is going to be a literal manifestation of God's glory, and the tabernacle of David is not only a spiritual thing, but it's also the literal temple is going to be raised up in Jerusalem. Now, you're a newsman. I mean, you're a weatherman. Are, are you saying that this glory cloud in Jerusalem over the temple area is going to be seen by believers and unbelievers alike and could be even reported upon? I believe it will. I believe it will be seen all over the world. And I, the world will obviously have some explanation for this. But um, They will say it's unusual weather conditions in Jerusalem. Maybe, maybe. A continual fog. <laughs> and, and you know what, Christine? I'm not sure if this glory cloud will be every day all the time. But from time to time, it will be seen. You know, there, were, there was a gathering of us about a, a year and a half ago on the, on the Mount of Olives. In fact, it was January uh, 2004, and I was with Pastor uh, Marissa Albert in a glorious celebration of, of 600 believers on the top of the Mount of Olives. And actually, that night, I'm a weatherman, I was watching the maps, there were no clouds anywhere. Suddenly, as we started to worship the Lord, this is the beginning of January 2004, I witnessed it with my own eyes, and as a scientist, I can be skeptical of things if I don't yes. see them myself, yes. I guess. May, may the Lord give me more faith. But I saw with my own eyes a cloud appeared out of nowhere. It covered the whole hotel on the Mount of Olives where we were, and it stayed with us for about 10 or 15 minutes. The cloud appeared as we started to worship God, and then at, at a certain point, it was gone, and the whole sky was clear again. I looked later for the meteorological explanation of this. I was searching the weather maps. I found none. It was not predicted. All I can tell you is it had to be some kind of a local manifestation or phenomenon that I believe was from God. Imagine when that starts to appear over Jerusalem on a regular basis. Well, in a way, you're like the prophet Elijah who saw a little cloud the size of a man's hand as he was believing yes. for the outpouring of rain because there had been a drought right. and a spiritual drought here in Israel. Yes. But I know what you're talking about. One time um, from our ministry center here, I was praying over the Temple Mount, believing for God's end time purposes to come about. And in the middle of the night, I saw a cloud come over the Temple Mount shaped like the hand of a man. It was like God's hand was resting. And whether we see a visible cloud or not, we know that God is protecting that site. It's the most valuable yeah, real estate in yeah. all of the world. Yes. And also, you know, in uh, Brother Lance Lambert's book about the Yom Kippur War, there are actual um, uh, factual statements made by soldiers who saw uh, a cloud the size of a man's hand up in Syria holding back the forces of darkness. And we know that if the Syrians had come 
sooner than the Israelis had been able to mobilize because after all, it was their most sacred holy holiday That's right. when they were attacked. They would have been overrun and totally destroyed. But they saw, the Syrian enemy saw this mm -hmm. cloud like mm -hmm. a man's hand holding them back. But what you're saying is that these manifestations will become more regular, more yes. visible. Yes. But how will, will the church be here? at this time it, it's it, of course uh, some of these you know you get into or will uh, we all be raptured in the clouds of heaven you get into eschatolo eschatological issues and again you know then when it comes to weather i have enough trouble predicting the weather um, and getting it right who knows the exact timing of these things i do think it's very possible that most christians many christians will still be here during at least the beginning of these things i tend personally to believe that Christians will be here for quite a while, and then at some point the Lord will intervene. But I believe it's very likely that Christians are going to be here alive and well as the temple goes up, as the blood sacrifices begin later when the Antichrist comes and invades the temple. That's going to be a very significant event. Wow. And the Bible does talk about the Antichrist is going to sign a covenant with Israel for a period of seven years. That will happen after the temple is built. That's not, a lot of people think, well, you know, that's going to, that, that will start the day that the temple is built. The Bible doesn't indicate that. At some point when the temple is uh, standing, then probably at that, at later, maybe some months or years later, after all this glorious revival, the Antichrist is going to come. Why is the Antichrist going to go into the picture? Because there's going to be this spring of geyser, of blessing, and the devil is going to, kind of, to try to come and put his thumb on it to stop it. And that's why the Antichrist comes to the temple, because it's something so glorious, and that's what a lot of, a lot of us need to understand. Now, Pastor David, we're talking about the rebuilding of what will be in the history of Israel, their third temple, and yes. there's only one place. Yes where they feel they can build it. That's right. And of course, it's not in London or any other city. It's in Jerusalem, and not just anywhere in Jerusalem, but on the Temple Mount. Yes. And there's a problem, though, because there are other structures there. That's true. You know, for the, for the Jewish people, they, they must build it in Jerusalem because that's where God told them to do it. That's the holy city. In fact, even in Psalm 122, verse 6, we all know the famous admonition, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They will prosper who love her. Let peace be within her walls, prosperity within her palaces. But if you read that whole psalm, it says, why do you do that? Why do you pray for the peace of Jerusalem? For the sake of, my, of, for the sake of, my, of God's house. That's why we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It's always been about the house of God in Jerusalem. That's in the place of sacrifice. Now, as you, as you mentioned, there are these other uh, holy um, sites for uh, other religions. For example, our Muslim friends have, uh, have their mosques which in a way, maybe God used even Islam uh, to, to, to commemorate that spot. It's better than having it be a garbage dump. I mean, as much as uh, we would like it's to see it. It's been a holy site. Yes, it's been a holy site. And it's been, it's been respected and revered as a holy site. I believe that it's going to surprise a lot of people. You will see even Muslims will know this is the hand of God when that temple goes up. And I believe that this revival, Christine, that's going to be in Israel, and it's going to cause tens of thousands of Jewish people to find their Messiah before he returns. Because we know that the coming Messiah for the Jewish people, as Christians, we believe that's Jesus Christ of Nazareth who already came. He's simply coming again. 
Jewish people are going to start to get to know their Messiah when the temple goes up. And I believe that millions of Muslims all over the Middle East, also it could be a great opportunity for them also to come flooding into the kingdom of God. You know, God is no respecter of persons. He loves the precious Arab people too. Yeah. They're precious in his sight. And the blood of Jesus Christ was shed in this land, the holy land of Israel, for all the people of this land. I know that so well because here within these walls of the old city, you know, we're holding regular evangelistic outreaches. Christine, what you've been doing actually has even been a big part, I believe, through your ministry of helping to prepare the way of the Lord. In a sense, you know, all of these things that are going to happen, if it weren't for those laying the way and preparing the way of the Lord, where we are even today couldn't be happening. So we're very grateful that God has raised up ministers of the gospel to come here and do it the Bible way. But as an evangelist, I mean, we both were evangelists, we know that the Jewish people sort of halfway know the Messiah now because they say, you believe Jesus or Yeshua is Messiah. Yes. And they are looking, they say, for Mashiach ben David, That's Messiah, true. the son of David. That's true. So that is the title yes. of Jesus. It's the title of the glorious king who is coming. Of course, you know, uh, when Jesus appeared the first time, he appeared as Mashiach ben Yosef, which is also in the... Messiah, the son of Joseph. Exactly. You know, our, our, many of our Jewish friends know that the rabbis teach that according to the scriptures of the Old Testament, there must be two different messiahs because it doesn't make sense. There seems to be a suffering messiah and there seems to be a glorious messiah. A king, yes. Well, it's a lot easier, of course, to go for the king. Everybody wants a winner. But when Jesus came 2,000 years ago, for all, for all, ostensibly, he seemed to be a loser, didn't he? And yet we know that he brought peace 2,000 years ago to our hearts. And that's the most important place. You know, the real war, Christine, the real turmoil on earth today, it's inside the human heart. Jesus already through his blood and only through his blood can make the peace inside of us. That's the big peace. And when he comes the second time as the glorious king, then he's going to make peace for the whole world. The lion will lie down with the lamb, and a little child will lead them. And there's going to be peace among all the nations. And that's, of course, what the Jewish prophets also were pointing to. And the rabbis call that the, the, the Messiah, the son of David. We know as Christians, instead of two messiahs, it's one messiah who makes two appearances. He comes as a suffering servant. He returns as the roaring Lion of Judah. And he's going to return to Jerusalem. I heard it explained to me one time that uh, you can look at two mountain peaks side by side and see two different mountains. But if you look at them from another perspective, you only see one mountain. And Messiah has these two mountain peaks or two comings. It's true. It's how you look at it, what perspective you're looking it really at is it to see. It really is perspective. And you know, as, as, a, as Christians, why get excited about these things that have to do with Israel? Well, we know, Christine, that God keeps his promises. If God kept his promise to the Jewish people for 4,000 years, the Abrahamic covenant, that goes way back to the book of Genesis, he didn't lie, he didn't even fib a little bit to them. He's kept his covenant with them wonderfully, perfectly for 4,000 years. It gives us confidence as Christians also to know when God makes a promise to you and I, he means it. Yes. God doesn't play around with his promises. So it's very important we respect these things. Praise God that Israel exists. And even our Muslim friends someday will acknowledge this is God. And when they build the temple, our Muslim friends are going to understand, well, that's why the Jewish people have come here to invade our Middle East as they see it yes, now. I want to pick up on that because I'm sure that 
you listening are wondering why in the world Pastor David would say that uh, the Arab people who have been so against, many of them, Israel being here, why now you would say that when the Jewish people build their temple that the Arabs would suddenly understand what's going on? Well, you know, the, the, the Muslim people... Because, you know, excuse me, the Muslims are looking for the coming of Jesus too. Exactly. And, me, and many of our Muslim friends are also very spiritually minded. And uh, they're looking for the truth. Many of them are searching for the truth. And when the Jewish people, imagine, come uh, to start to really, first of all, start to believe their own Bible, which the Jew most Jewish people today don't even love their own Bible and don't even believe their own Bible. It's an irony that Christians like us are fanatical about the Jewish Bible and the Jewish people aren't even. When they start to go back to their Bible and do it the Bible way, that's going to be a great inspiration and an example to all spiritually minded people in the Middle East. Now in your book, Revival from Zion, you give 50 reasons yes. why Christians should not be opposed to the idea that the Jewish people would have temple sacrifices again, yes. uh, the house of God, because this is a concept that the church has, has got to wake up to. Right. What is reason number one? Well, the first reason is that God isn't finished with Israel. Amen. And you know that a lot of people have to really get this deep inside their heart is that the Jewish people have a destiny and they have not yet fulfilled their destiny. I mean, again, we love the falafel and the hummus and the orange juice and the great Israel army and the great Israel air force and the computers and the, and, and all and the, the technology medical discoveries and the and medical the discoveries, <laughs> everything. It's wonderful, 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 but they still have a greater destiny to fulfill. And you know, as Christians, um, you know, we get excited about Israel, but you know, I want you to know there's a lot more that we, the, there's a lot more to Israel than just coming and planting trees here, which is a start. We need to help the Jewish people fulfill their destiny. And I believe Christians should be actively involved in helping the Jewish people do what God wants them to do. And Christians should support the building of the third Jewish temple. This is not something to be neutral about. If, if something is of God, don't you want to jump in and be part of it? Or do you wait and say, oh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to check it out and see. When I th find that something is of God, I like to jump in with both feet. And I believe that this is going to be very obvious that this is also of God, because God's not finished with Israel. So in this book I, uh, that, um, that I've just written this year, it's been in my heart, uh, this book, for 27 years. I got this book as a revelation from God uh, when, I was, uh, when I was a much younger man in Pennsylvania, and the Lord gave me the, the whole book in about one hour back 27 years ago. The time came to write it down, and now my Jewish friends in Jerusalem that don't, these are the most wonderful, unsaved Jewish businessmen you ever met. They heard about this and said, David, we've got to publish this for you and are paying for the whole publication of this book in Jerusalem. And you'll find out when you read this book, uh, Christine, this book is all about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It's about his supremacy. He is greater than the temple. He is greater than all the sacrifices of history. He is the ultimate preeminent Lord and Savior. This book is radically evangelical. It's radically Christ-centered, and yet it talks about the fact that there will be a third Jewish temple simply because it's God's plan. Some Christians don't like it by the way that even Israel exists today, sad to say. When, they, when, the, when the Jewish people build the temple, we better get ready for it. Well, aren't there indications from the book of Ezekiel, for example, in the Old Testament, that even during the millennium, when Jesus Christ is sitting on his 
ancestral father's throne. Yes. When he's sitting yes. on the throne of yes. David, that there will be memorial it's, sacrifices. You're, you're absolutely right, uh, Christine. In Ezekiel, uh, from especially chapter 44 to 48, it talks about the millennial temple. That's after the coming of Christ. There'll be a thousand year reign of peace on earth. And of course, as Christians who love Israel, most of us would call ourselves pre-millennial because we believe there's still going to be a thousand years of peace on the earth. And that's after Jesus returns. I believe that's the third temple that is going to be built soon, but it's an expanded version of it. And it's, it's after Jesus comes and cleanses and purifies it and makes it something unbelievable. And yes, you're exactly right. There are blood sacrifices also during the millennium, and these are all memorials to Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah. You know, for us as Christians, again, this is for the Jewish people. This is for the Jewish people. Shabbat. Because it's symbiology that they understand. Circumcision. All these things are for the Jewish people. And we don't, you know, we're not trying to, uh, to say we need to become Jewish people. You know, praise God for Gentile believers. I happen to be Irish-German, 100% Gentile, but in my heart, I'm Jewish. Because Jesus made me kosher in my heart. Because the ultimate circumcision, Christine, is in our hearts. Yes. That's the spiritual circumcision. All of these physical things have a spiritual parallel. Yes. As Christians, we know we're not going to be serving as priests in the, this third temple, doing blood sacrifices. Our priesthood is a spiritual one that we offer to God, our praises. But you know, the fact that there is a spiritual reality does not negate the physical reality. In fact, you need both. And when you start to negate one, it actually diminishes us as Christians. It makes our uh, pattern not to have any type. You got it. And so this is where God is going to come. And the world needs this, Christine. The world right now needs a shocking revelation of God. When the Jewish people build that third temple, it's going to send spiritual shockwaves from Jerusalem, Israel, that will reverberate over the whole earth. There's going to be worldwide revival, I believe. And it's even, it's even mentioned in Acts that, there, that, uh, that, there, that there's going to be a, a great revival before the coming of the Lord. Now, of course, now some people would contradict you and say it's going to cause World War III. But there are other prophets of God who believe that we're already in World War III yeah. because of terrorism and everything. Well, uh, but we know no matter what happens on that Temple Mount here in the whole city of Jerusalem, whatever birth pangs are happening in this city, it's a sign. It's a sign. And the Lord said, no, the signs of the times, just as a weatherman knows the weather. And what it's the sign of? Messiah is coming. Jesus is coming. He came the first time as the Lamb of God to be the Savior of the world, to be your Savior, to be my Savior, to be Pastor David's Savior. But the second time he's coming, he's coming as the world's judge. And we want to be belonging to the Lord now. So would you take just a moment and pray this prayer with us. Say, Heavenly Father, I do believe in my heart that you raised up Messiah Jesus from the dead. And I even dare now to call upon him. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I confess you are Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Cover me by your precious blood. Thank you that you died in this city for me. Amen. Hallelujah. And amen. Hallelujah. Well, this is Christine Dark saying visit our website at www.exploits.tv. You can find out more information about Pastor David Decker's book, Revival from Zion. You can also find out about our DVDs and other books and our upcoming conferences here in the Holy Land. Until next time, Shalom from Jerusalem.